0: Good morning, Dave and Doreen, along with Marcus, the Morning KLH. Thank you very much for listening. Game night tonight. The Detroit Lions, led by their fearless coach, Dan Campbell, at Lambeau Field. <laughs> Let's talk to our green and gold insider, Jason Wildey. Good morning, Jason. How are you doing today?
1: There'll be some kneecap biting tonight. That's yes. right. There
0: will be kneecap biting. All right, so um, what do you think? Is Simone Biles going to be at the game? And if she is, will there be... The same sort of activity there was with Taylor Swift. Uh, and if not Simone Biles, what else is there? Doreen suggested maybe we should put uh, the bronze Fonz in a luxury box. Yes. Yeah, you know.
1: You know, like the Taylor oh, Swift Oh, maybe thing.
0: Tony Shalhoub. Maybe if he came to a game. No?
1: Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, do we have anybody that even approaches her stratosphere? I was reading a no. a New York article that said um, that Travis Kelsey was already a star as a football player but now being linked to Taylor Swift puts him in a completely different stratosphere. Mm-hmm. Like, there are stories about how they're they're expecting far higher ratings for Sunday night's game yeah. because of all the Swifties who are going to tune in to Chiefs, Jets who would have never turned on the game otherwise. Yeah. So no, I don't think we have anybody that comes close.
0: No, I don't think so either. I don't either. The Who I'm tuned in to watch tonight is Aaron Jones and Christian Watson because after reading what you wrote, apparently they are playing and somebody on the team gave that info away.
1: Yeah, God bless those. One good thing about covering a young team, man, is that they, they, they haven't learned all the tricks of the trade yet. And so Romeo Dobbs. Uh, and Christian Watson kind of letting the cat out of the bag that those two are coming back tonight uh, was very nice, especially for people that maybe have them on their fantasy teams, that I was able to help them and let them know that those guys are going to be available tonight. They are listed. Officially, as questionable, and you, there's always the possibility that there a setback could have happened, but uh, they are definitely expected to play tonight, and and. We might actually get to see not on the offensive line certainly, but in terms of skill position players, what Jordan Love can do with all the guys that he's supposed to have, which has not happened yet this season.
0: What about the Lions? Are they beat up and injured too?
1: They are. They've got a few guys on their injury report, but look, they're a. You know, I, I understand that when you say the the name Detroit Lions, that hmm. they have a brand, right? And that brand is disappointment and losing. Yeah. <laughs> you can't lose it. yeah. Uh, and 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 they love to say we we ain't the same old lions. They were on hard knocks last year, and and I I'll be honest, I wondered if the kneecap biting and all the tough guy talk from Dan Campbell would kind of wear thin, and if guys would start to tune him out because coaches he's not like your typical NFL coach. He played in the league a long time. He's a tight end, tough guy, and I I, I was a little bit of a skeptic, but I'll tell you this. For them to have come into Lambeau Field last year, and if you guys remember this, Mm -hmm. they had nothing to play for other than pride. Like earlier in the day, Seattle had won, and so it meant that the Lions, even if they beat the Packers that night, they could not make the playoffs. Meanwhile, all the Packers had to do was win, and they were in. And for the Lions to come in here, and certainly the Packers made plenty of mistakes and everything else, but for the Lions to have come in here and beat them, when they had everything to play for and the Lions really had nothing to play for, they were both. their season was ending no matter what they did against the Packers, that showed me a lot. And that showed me that they really do follow Dan Campbell and he is plugged into his team and they have really connected with him. And, and so that makes them a dangerous team. And, and they are the favorite. And we may roll our eyes when we hear that the, the Lions are... The favorite to win the division, but man, oh man, uh, I would not take the Lions lightly like we have for so many years.
0: Jason, do we know why the field was so slippery last weekend, and are there any corrections being made for tonight's game?
1: Yeah, great question. Uh, I did try to bring that up with Matt Lafleur, uh, and you could tell he was irritated with it. Um, I, I don't. I, I have noticed that this happens early in seasons. And that was the first game, obviously, they played in the regular season on it. They had not been on it since late August for their last preseason game against Seattle. Um, I'm not sure why. They did not have a good answer. I would also put some of the responsibility on players um, because there are different cleats that you can wear that reduce the likelihood of you slipping. Uh, some of them obviously go deeper into the turf, uh, the grass, Um and I think players don't like to wear those because they're not as comfortable. They like the molded cleats, but those are also more slippery. So it'll be interesting to see if it's an issue again tonight.
0: So the David Bakhtiari situation is concerning. He's missing his third straight game tonight. Is yeah. is his knee situation, like is it at the point where this will be the final season of David Bakhtiari?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, and I, I don't have an answer for you. I can tell you um, that uh, Tausch and I had our uh, our mutual friend Joe Thomas on, and and I love Joe like he is he's become a good friend, and and he's obviously one of the most awesome dudes that you can have yeah. uh, in your circle. But the insight that he gave us about his last season in Cleveland, it was uh, it was unbelievable, like. We asked him about Bakhtiari, and I had no idea how bad things were with Joe's knee. Remember, Joe tore the ACL in his knee uh, in a game for the Badgers when he was playing defense in a bowl game.
0: Oh, that's right. Came
1: back the next year, was back you know, playing, obviously played 11 years in the NFL. But his final season, he told us that he practiced three times all year. Wow. He also told us that he and the team kept it, from the media of just how bad his knee was, like how it had to get drained and how he had to schedule cortisone shots because you can only take so many uh, before that the substance starts to crystallize in your system and makes things worse, not better. Um, and he, this was the most stunning admission for a guy who's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, mind you, uh, and had played 10,363 consecutive snaps, longest streak in NFL history he said when he ruptured his bu- his triceps, which ended his career, he actually felt relief because it was such an incredible, difficult process to get his knee ready each week and then bounce back from playing to try and be ready the following week. And he was actually relieved that when he finished, when he, when he suffered a career-ending injury. Wow. So the insight that that gave us, and then trying to extrapolate that out into what David must be going through. You know, I sent David a note last night saying, look, I don't know if you know Joe Thomas at all, but obviously Taush and I are are friends with him. If if you would like me to connect you guys, we can do that because, and Joe's calling the game tonight for Westwood One, but I I think David might really benefit from a conversation with Joe to just understand, look, you're not alone in dealing with this. Here's how I got through it, but... We, I get it. All these other people may not understand just how brutal this process is for you, but I do. And so I don't know if they know each other. I hope they do. But, yeah, I, I, cause let's be honest. None of us have any idea now whether he's going to play week to week or not. Like, the the circumstances from the outside are all the same. He's not practicing. He hasn't practiced since, you know, mid to late August. And he played in Chicago, and it went great. And Joe said that too, like in the first game of that first of that season that I was talking about, Joe was like, yeah, I played the first game, you know, my knee felt as good as it had in a long time. So I hadn't practiced at all in training camp. And then after that game, I could barely walk. Like he would, he had to use crutches to go to walk around the facility during the week to stay off of his knee so he could play on Sunday. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it is. Mm
0: -hmm. What, uh, what did coach LaFleur say about all the penalties?
1: You know, and and he's in a tough spot on that, right? Because no coach ever wants to say, "Yeah, it's fine, don't bother me." And and they have put themselves in some difficult spots because. But look, they're they're a young team. They're the youngest team in the league. Young guys make mistakes, and they've chosen for for so far better or worse to have a very young team. And this is some of the stuff that comes with that inconsistency. Rookie mistakes, young guy mistakes. And so, you know, and, and the way I phrased the question to, to Matt was, look, two years ago you had the fewest penalties in the league. Last year you were seven. So it's not like you. this is the kind of operation you run here, that you have this many penalties. Is this just a simple thing of young guys? And he said, I'm not panicking, but they do need to get better. And I thought his answer was right on because – You can't be getting false starts and offsides. Those are concentration penalties. Those are focus penalties, and they obviously need to be better. But, again, you guys have heard me preach this. This is what happens when you have so many young players. They make young guy mistakes, and I wouldn't expect those to end anytime soon. How do you like Coach LaFleur clawing all these trick plays week to week now? I love it, personally. And my point to him when I asked him about that this week, Marcus, was, "What does it do to your team in terms of just like I understand this is not like seventh grade girls basketball, right? Uh, his his level of coaching is much higher than mine, but to me anyway, making it fun is important no matter if you're coaching twelve year olds or your coach. And quite frankly, the age disparity is not that large between <laughs> the people we coach. Um, but but I, I just guys get really excited when you install those plays. Now, you know, the greatest disappointment of my career, career for a play that did not count, still belongs to my sidekick on a Christmas game at Lambeau Field against the Bears in 2005. They threw Tausch a touchdown pass. Mm -hmm. Barbs the Taucher for a goal-line touchdown and Gray Rugemer committed a holding penalty, and it got wiped out. Oh. But I can guarantee you that during the week, and they ran one of these with Bakhtiari last year, and Rogers threw an interception on it uh, in Detroit. So it sucks that when you screw it up, like the Packers did on that fourth and two uh, on Sunday against the Saints. But, man, there is an excitement when you're working on it in practice. I am sure they're working on a play where Rashid Walker, who's playing that, sixth offensive lineman like tight end offensive lineman masquerading as a tight end the block right. i am sure they're working on a play where he sneaks out and they throw him a pass there's no doubt in my mind because that you have to have that as part of the package but there there's an excitement when you're practicing it and then like Lafleur said when you call that play and the guys in the huddle have that relayed to them and love is telling them what the, what they're running there is a giddiness about, all right, we're running a trick play. Now, you can't screw it up like they did. And they almost got Jordan Love really significantly hurt on that slippery turf. But I I like the fact that Matt LaFleur is making it fun.
0: What's your prediction, then, for the game?
1: Look, I think the Lions are are better than people give them credit for. Now, the Packers have lost three in a row to them, which uh, I don't know if that's happened since, like, the 1980s. Um, But they are playing at home. They are riding a really good wave after what they did on on Sunday. So I have a hard time picking against the Packers in this one, uh, but I won't be surprised if the Lions come in and are able to get it done.
0: All right, Jason, as always, thanks for the insight. We appreciate it. We'll chat with you on Monday, and we'll read your stuff, especially post-game tonight. Thank you.
1: All right, everybody, I appreciate you. Take care. Be good. You
0: too. Jason Wildy. he is our Green and Gold Insider three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, co-host of and Tausch on ESPN Radio. And he is brought to you by Mr. Holland's Home Services. You know the number by now, right? 1-866-992. Here it comes. seventeen seventeen.
1: Perfect. Mr. Holland's
0: Home Jason Wilde, part of the morning KLH.